All righty, welcome everyone to Unsafe Spaces Live Friday show. Um, I think we're here. Carrie, are you there? Alrighty, welcome everyone to I'm here. Unsafe Spaces Live. And I'm getting Friday. sorry, that was feedback because the video was playing. Yeah. Anyway, welcome everyone. Uh, I'm Carter Laren, as always. And what's today? Friday, October 18th. And I'm joined by the Bad Mama Jamma, but also a special guest, Carrie. Tell us who you're yes. This is the honorable and esteemed Nicole Esquire, one of our uh, subscribers <laughs> and one of my friends from visiting. So we figured we'd just sit in together and make it fun. Welcome, Nicole. Thank the you. honorable Nicole M. Pratt Esquire is, you'll see here in the credits uh, all the time. So. Oh, and also on Twitter, you have quite a following. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's NickFit75. And the inappropriate mom. Yes, I hear you say inappropriate things often. That's that's what I know about you. <laughs> I really don't tweet anymore, though, at all. I've kind of gotten scared off of Twitter, I think. Really? Yeah, I mean, well, through my divorce, I kind of had to tone things down and be a lot less <laughs> honest out of fear honest. of losing my children. But then when I went to go back, it just, it had turned into such a, a different thing and kind of everybody in my circle of joke Twitter mm -hmm. and comedy Twitter is, you know, borders on SJW stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just not as fun anymore for me. Yeah. So now I just kind of share jokes that strike me. And I don't really write anymore. <laughs> well, now you have to start. I guess I do. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, in a, I'm in that sort of space right now. Well, uh, speaking of jokes, I'm in a, I don't know, I want to be in a, this is a casual day for me. I just, this is, I'm in a chill mood right now. And Carrie was wondering what the hell the cover art was all about. Um, oh, yeah. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Does anyone know in chat what the cover art is about? Because if you watch Pod Awful, you will know what the cover art is about. Does anyone watch Pod Awful? Pod Awful is, uh, so Carrie and I try to like explain stuff to people and have people like uh, Helen Pluckrose on to, you know, sometimes get deep into stuff. Pod Awful is kind of the uh, complement to that. He just trolls people uh, and makes fun of <laughs> all of this craziness. And so um, it's a long show, but I, if you're, I'll tell you basically what's happened. And if you want to go watch what he did, uh, you might enjoy it. But it's a kind of a funny thing. And I want to share the story, which is what the cover art is about. So uh, Pod Awful, he went and he, he made a Facebook page for Walmart New York City a while ago. Uh, just, I don't know, I don't know if, like this is just a troll technique where he's just going to go for there. Walmart in New York. Yeah. Okay. Now there is no Walmart in New York City, so there was no like <laughs> argument over who owned the page because he just made the, and he used the Walmart logo and made a Walmart page, right? So then along comes this person who I think is a troll herself, but it's not it's not totally clear because we don't know who she is, uh, Natasha Kuznetsov. And she lists on Facebook that she works at Walmart New York City and she links to Walmart New York City. Now on Walmart New York City, he's got his phone number listed as like the contact information for Walmart. So um, 
And then someone posts something that says like, what's your, what's the most defensive idea that you have? And so this Natasha person writes a horrible thing. She writes, all Mexicans should be deported. And somebody writes back to her and says, even the ones who are here legally and have been here for generations. And she just says, yep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure she's a troll, but it doesn't matter. They, Facebook goes apeshit. So they start figuring out, of course they do what they do. The cancel culture people do what they do. And what is the next step? They figure out where she works and they contact her employer. So they, they reach out to Walmart, New York City. And, um, and so the pot awful dude, I don't even know his name. Does anyone in chat know his name? I don't remember his name. Uh, but he, uh, he, he puts on a persona. He pretends he's Ricardo, who happens to be Mexican. He's running the social media for Walmart. And Ricardo isn't really very sympathetic to these people. So um, it escalates. So this, this woman named Alexis calls, calls Walmart, <laughs> calls, calls Pot Awful thinking it's Walmart. And he like transfers her to someone who he says is Dave, who also happens to be Mexican. Um, and Dave has this conversation. He's really sympathetic to her. And she's like, well, you know, uh, so Pot Awful's wanting to see how far this woman will take it. Like, does she realize that she's ruining someone's life? Right? Like, does she have any conscious, even though what the woman said was awful, right? And so he's talking to her and he's like, well, you know, uh, there won't, you know, I can do an investigation, give me some evidence, but, you know, if I forward this to HR, basically she'll get fired. There's not really another option. But he lets slip things like she's a single mom with two kids and she has a flawless record and all this other stuff. Um, but uh, so that happens. So eventually he's like, okay, well, well, you know, do you want to be contacted back? No, no, no. Okay, fine. Hangs up, assuming that maybe this woman's going to get fired. Natasha's going to get fired. Um, but uh, during the call, Alexis had also mentioned she didn't like her interaction with the social media person, Ricardo. So Ricardo reaches out to her on Facebook and is just like, you white bitch, blah, 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 because this woman's white. You got me fired and blah, 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 like just pissed off at her for getting him fired from Walmart, New York City. So Alexis calls back and asks for Dave. So she calls and she's like complaining about Ricardo. And Dave is like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, Ricardo was fired also, but I forgot to revoke his access to the thing. So he had, he shouldn't have been able to message you, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> then he goes on and he starts, so he's bonding with this woman. And he starts talking about, uh, well, you know, really, it's, it's kind of my fault. I, I have to turn myself into HR. But he's already set this whole thing up that as soon as you turn anyone into HR, they're fired, right? Um, and she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a shame. I guess I can look for another job. It's just so expensive here in New York. And I got, and then he talks about his kids and he's got to pull his kids out of school now. And like, he's like, he starts crying on the phone about how he's going to lose his job. And she's like, she's starting to feel kind of bad, but she won't apologize. And she won't say like, no, 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 don't do that. I retract it. And she's just like, and you can see she's starting to feel a little bit guilty, but she doesn't really know what to do. So um, yeah, eventually she just kind of like her voice wavers. She cries a little bit and uh, feeling bad about the guy. And he hangs up eventually, like basically like, it's not your fault. I'll just go get another job and, <laughs> and leaves. And then immediately after that, 
she posts this thing on Facebook that's like, uh, I think social media is like toxic for me and I don't think I should, it's a, it's not good for my time and it's not positive energy and I'm just gonna take a break from Facebook. Which she did, she like jumped off of Facebook for 21 days and then came back. But uh, it's just, the whole thing's hilarious. I, my retelling is not as hilarious. I, I'm not a comedian, but uh, watch the Pot Awful podcast. When I, something I, I really, the reason I liked it, Carrie, was I hate busybodies. I fucking hate busy, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to swear anymore. I hate busybodies. There are too many busybodies in the world and uh, this cancel culture and, and social justice generally encourages not only busybodies, but militant activist busybodies that are up in everyone's business about what they're doing. And, you know, was it, is that a horrible thing to say? Yeah, it's a horrible thing to say. Uh, should, should she get fired? And actually then the social media guy get fired and then the next person get fired because of it? No. And this person doesn't have any sense of guilt. She doesn't, I mean, a little bit, but she doesn't, she doesn't see how horrible she is. Stop being horrible. That's the end of my story. I know that was a long well, Carter, I, hope that, I have to mute us because I, in the comments, people were talking about, I, I'm just explaining this now. When you're talking, I'm probably gonna have to mute us because the microphone is, we're using my laptop microphone until this one gets fixed. Oh, and you don't have your headphones because there's two of us. I don't have my headphones because there's two of us. So um, I apologize guys, but that does sound hilarious. <laughs> and Nicole had a question. I, I don't understand. So the woman is real? and serious the or woman who called to cancel is real like the woman who called to get natasha fired and who got the social media person fired and who got quote dave fired she's real um yeah but the social media people that they were all pretend they're all part of yeah they're all they're all pot awful because he is walmart new york city eventually facebook took down his walmart new york city page after that but now he has Walmart New York, uh, I, Walmart NY, I think. So it could happen again, I guess. But uh, I don't know. What's on your What's on your plate, Carrie? What do you want to talk about? Hold on, I'm doing an experiment. We're gonna We're gonna take the advice in the chat and try and split the one headphone each. <laughs> Thank you for whoever gave that advice because it looks silly. It's not working. Hold on. Now try it. Now say something. Hi. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay, we can have a more of a normal conversation. You guys just need to look like Siamese twins. Or is that am I not supposed to say that anymore? Conjoined twins. It's probably something you shouldn't say. Yeah. I don't it's a, probably on the problematic so list. How many Siamese people are upset about that? <laughs> are there even Siamese people left? Aren't they Thai? Uh, Siam is just uh, Thailand. Thailand, right? Yeah. So, so I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. Are Thai people offended by that? I, I doubt uh, it. Yeah. What's on your plate, Carrie? What do you want to talk about? I am just. Uh, I mean, in the news. Gosh, I don't uh, know. I cut literature for you. Want to see some literature from the Bay Area? Yes, please. <laughs> I do. Yesterday at my daughter's ballet class, this was sitting there. This is Dismantling Tactics 2. Um, and I thought uh -huh. I missed it, but I still have a chance to go this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> this is a cathartic, game-changing, embodied conversation about privilege, supremacy, and race. And there's different workshops. Um, you can learn uh, roles and responsibilities of artists. Because... Uh, <laughs> 
artists have roles and responsibilities for dismantling racism. So this is what happens in the Bay Area when you go out just to like go to the store. Also, when you go out for coffee, you get this. This is the pissed off voter guide. Um, and the pissed off voter guide is, uh, you know, they it's basically, they're all socialists. They tell you what to vote on. Uh, Prop A, vote yes, because we need to increase taxes. Uh, Prop B, uh, vote yes, because whatever. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's uh, felons can vote. They're very excited about felons voting. Um, they tell you who to vote for, for the local officers. But it's, you know, a leftist, like, if you're pissed off, it's basically if Antifa could, could spell, <laughs> they would publish. So, and, and there's a picture of the Statue of Liberty with uh, like a baseball bat over her shoulder. Like she's gonna, she's gonna crack your noggin. That's, that's what freedom smash is the about. patriarchy is what she's gonna do. Oh, maybe she's gonna smash the patriarchy. That's a good point. Uh, but apparently San Francisco has a league of pissed off voters. I didn't know. Well, um, so, so here's, I haven't really had time to look at the news. Um, I was at work. Uh, yesterday, last night, and then, um, but one thing I did notice that I wanted to, to mention briefly is um, there seems to be a change happening on Instagram in the knitting community. And oh, really? that's encouraging. Yes. yes. And uh, since the sock petition video and since our interview with Maria, there are people who are now posting. Remember we talked about doing positive hashtags for Tuscan knits and sacramentation. So there are some knitters who've started doing that and there are some posting really positive things and there are some posting um, really smart things that are kind of um, uh, ex exposing some of the problems with SJW ideology. So uh, there's one uh, knitter, I think she goes by Round Rabbit. So she has, she's been posting little images that just say one word or like a phrase or something. So she'll have logic. And then in the, in the description, oh, I've she'll, seen her. I think I follow her now Not yeah. on Instagram much, but yeah. Yeah. And then she'll explain why logic is important and why you can't, because I mean, in the comments, there are still some of the SJW knitters who are arguing. And one of them, for example, was arguing, or, or I replied to her, but she was arguing that if a person of color says something is racist, then it's racist. It's like, that doesn't, it's not only is that a racist belief that your skin color is what dictates what is racist. Like, like you're saying skin color is what dictates it, not belief. But, but aside from that, it's also absurd because it's impossible. So all people of color don't have the same opinion. So what happens when two people, this is a white woman, by the way, of course. What happens when two people of color disagree? White well, SJW lady. Says it's racist is correct. Well, that's, but, but it's silly. It's like, who do you agree with then? And the, and the same it's ideology. You, you take all of the people from the marginalized community and anyone who says like it's it's the worst of everything bubbles to the top so if it's race if anyone says it's racist it's racist if anyone says it's misogynist it's misogynist if right anyone, but you understand the point i'm making right i know you just yeah just follow me here so if you have two people carter <laughs> I'm in the mood today so. oh my gosh you're gonna put me in a mood so <laughs> it's it's absurd because you can't like candace owens we talk about this just pick someone who's going to disagree and say hey that's not racist so who do you decide if you're basing it solely on the color of skin you can't then who's right it's impossible every it, that whole belief depends on the idea that every person of color has the same opinion and the same thing with sexism they would say 
that I would have to be like, because I'm a woman, I get to say what is sexist. Well, clearly I'm probably going to disagree with this white female SJW on what is sexist. So who's right? Like that, that's what, that's my only point is you can make those kind of, you can make, you can sort of like clear up um, how absurd their belief system is without getting like emotional about it. And I think the, um, the interview we did with Helen was great because Helen is so, um, it's, it's not only that she sees the whole iceberg, the whole, pro the whole problem and can like explain parts of it. It's also that she um, does it in such a clinical kind of non-emotional way, like not personally invested in it. Mm -hmm. And so to stay very calm, just calm. And, and like, doesn't, yeah. Yeah. And so I think it, I'm, I'm just very, I'm really happy to see what's happening there. I'm really happy to see um, people like Ron Rabbit who are posting this stuff and pushing back um, and, and, and fighting for logic and reason. And it, um, I think something cool might be happening. You know, we've talked about this before. Is there, is a, is a change coming? Like, is it, is there going to be a backlash brewing to this ideology and things like that make me hopeful. So thank yeah, you, Carter, thank for allowing me to finish my thought. <laughs> I'm not in a mean mood. I'm just silly today. I don't know. I know. You um, can be silly. You know, uh, this reminds me though, if you're out there wanting to support Maria, I do want to get people to help her. Like she needs if we can get a posse together to go to Yarn Revolution on November 17th outside of Seattle, like she'll go. She wasn't going to go, but I think it's time to have, you know, if you show up in numbers where she feels safe, uh, take back the community. So. Um, yeah, take it back for reason and logic and kindness. <laughs> so Elva Caro says, um, this exhibits a total lack of belief in objective reality. Um, and I know that sounds hyperbolic because a lot of people just like, it's weird to think that anyone could actually not believe in objective reality, but this, we touched on this a little bit with Helen. These people are, the term that I would use for these, I didn't invent this term, but um, the term is social metaphysicians. So this, not, not the leaders, uh, but most of the followers of this stuff are social metaphysicians, which means their metaphysics, their view of the world, their, their view of the universe and like how it's constructed is, uh, is obtained by looking around at their peer group and whatever other people say. So when you ask this question of like, well, how can you both be, you know, how can, how can it be that the color of your skin determines whether someone's racist? That's, that doesn't make any sense. No, unless you're a social metaphysician and what makes sense is what people tell you, look around and like, well, that's what the crowd's telling me. So that's what's true. Um, but it is absolutely, uh, anti-Western civilization, that's for sure. Um, and it's and it's silly because it's like, of course, personal experience um, is something to be evaluated when someone's making an argument, but it's just one small thing. It doesn't trump reason and logic. And it doesn't trump, you know, you know, when you're evaluating someone's argument, if somebody says, this is racist or this is sexist, and then you're, you ask them why, and their only answer is, well, I'm a person of color, therefore I know, or I'm a woman, therefore I know. No, give me reasons. I want to know like your reasons. And, and, and I think racism is some, and sexism is pretty clear. What they've done is they tried to make it into this whole thing, like that, um, that professional one, the con artist lady. They tried to make it in this thing, like racism is something that you can't see and that's, that's inside of you. Yeah. That's like, the, you know, that whole unconscious bias thing and whatever, microaggressions, mm -hmm. you know, 
this is racist, that's racist, that where, where suddenly everything is racist, like, like the knitter saying she wanted to go to India and getting a ticket there was like getting a ticket to Mars too. So it was so foreign to her. Oh, that's racist. And it's like, you better have reasons why you, you believe that. And I'm going to evaluate them. I'm going to evaluate uh, your arguments as well as your personal experience. It's like your skin color is not enough. Your sex is not enough. It's not like, oh, I, because I am this identity, identity, then I, I'm right. That's it. It's the, the claiming of, you know, who's right, just outright without any argument. And I mean, what we get back to that whole, like, once everything is racist, nothing is racist. And, you know, once everything is sexist, nothing's sexist. And it's just meaninglessness, but it's so prevalent everywhere. And really oppressive just to like everyday people, the way that we're thinking and communicating with each other and everybody on pins and needles all the time. And it is that cancel culture thing. People are afraid, really afraid, I think. I mean, reasonably because, uh, you know, look, had this girl worked at Walmart, New York City, actually, she'd have been fired. Now, what she said was horrible, but the point is like, people are afraid because these people will go after you. Um, and I mean, look at, look at the knitting community, right? Um, I Since we have Nicole here, maybe we could talk about um, uh, a little bit of, Nicole's from Colorado, mm -hmm. where it's safe to tell and all that stuff. Yeah, oh crap, you're in the safe to tell state. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You have children? Uh, I have four children. My three boys are actually here with me. <laughs> They're playing my Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> are they, uh, did they have to deal with any safe to tell stuff? Absolutely. My oldest son had a safe to tell reported on him right after his 18th birthday last April. Um, a girl was pissed off at him and did a safe to tell on him that he said, now that I'm 18, I can go buy a gun and bring it to school. So they pulled him out of class. There were cops there. I mean, it was it was an actual thing. He knows who did it because she was mad at him. But, you know, the administration can't do anything about her filing a false report. Right. That, you know, he didn't say that and he would never do that. But, you know, their stance is we have to take every single claim seriously so it's this huge waste of time and resources as they investigate every single thing. My it's middle that way, right? It's set up to be anonymous. You have no visibility into who's doing anything. Right. And, and it's There's taken zero accountability for the person right. that tells. Um, my so when I told my middle son about um, what had happened. He was just like, oh yeah, that, you know, that's a thing people do just as a joke, like to screw with their classmates and told me a story of one of his friends who had gone mountain biking over the weekend and went through bushes and scratched up his arms. And so somebody as a goof safe to told, did a safe to tell on him that he was harming himself. So they pulled him out of class and took him to the counselor and he had to convince everybody that he wasn't cutting and that he was just mountain biking. And it's such a joke. Like, and so there's no, you say there's no accountability for the person reporting because so if they make a false claim, they're anonymous. So you completely can't. anonymous. Wow. They can't, 
you, you don't know who did it. Yeah. This is, you know, I, I don't want to make this too political, but I, I feel like it's mostly the left that just fails to ever see incentives that they set up for anything. Like the system is totally incentivized. Like this is a recipe for abuse. It is, it is. And it feels like, it feels like communist Russia. Like when you get pissed off at somebody, you go like rat on your neighbor and make something up. And, and now we're actually our new governor. We have this, um, ERPO law that's basically safe to tell for guns for adults that starts in January where oh, if wait, you were, yeah. yeah a domestic partner or a family member or whatever you can make and you can call and report somebody for having weapons and anonymously they come in you can be anonymous well no actually I think with ERPO you have to like prove a relationship uh, some sort of relationship. So you can be an ex-boyfriend of somebody or ex-girlfriend. But the person being reported might not know who you are. The authorities do, but they might not. Well, and the whole process that, I mean, it basically is they show up at your house and they take your guns and they ask questions later and you go through, then you start a year long process basically of like proving you're not crazy. I mean, how many ways can this be used just automatically against whoever like if you have a custody issue you know you just call and and oh, do a red flag law divorce it's right, there's yeah. no way it's going to fix the problem that they're attempting to fix yeah which, you know our school shootings and well hopefully some horror shootings it legally i mean i hope so i mean we kind of have to wait there are other states that have it and i feel like already but it's like Maryland or Delaware or, you know, one of those states that just exists in my imagination really (laughs) aren't real places for me. Sorry, Delaware. When, when the cops show up to bust down your door and just remove all your guns with no due process, it's, there's already been a case in another state where, you know, the guy died because he was basically like from my cold dead fingers. Right. Yeah. Um, Um, So, I, I guess this is pretty shocking to me because Colorado is uh, has a pretty good gun culture generally. I mean, you can uh, concealed carry is easy in Colorado. Open carry is legal in Colorado. It's one of the states that generally is pretty. I mean, for all the other leftist leanings of Colorado, and I know it's it's turned blue recently, but there. Not only did it turn blue, it turned extra blue. There's actually a video. I don't remember what it's called. I'll look for it. I know what it's called because I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, was it the one where, uh, I'm, let me find it because my friends told me to watch it and I have it sitting in a tab. It's about I, how Jared Polis got yeah. elected. Yeah. And the money that went into stealing the state as a blueprint for yeah. taking over places like Texas. Like Texas. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we went blue, very, very blue, very quick because we have so many transplants and our population just exploded. Rocky Mountain Heist. Yes, Rocky Mountain Heist. That's it. I'll, I'll put the Vimeo link below in case anyone wants to. It is, it is really disturbing because, like you said, it is, it is a blueprint for other states, and that's happening here in Texas. It feels, I mean, every day, I'm, I'm, every day I meet people and um, and i asked people where you from and and there it's probably like 
maybe a third native Texans. And then a lot of people who are like, oh, I just moved here. Or, oh, I'm here looking for a house. I'm going to move here. And almost all of them are from California, Colorado. Well, we have to get out. I yeah. mean, they're, now native Coloradans are trying to get out because we've been overrun. Where are you Running going? into a native Coloradan is ridiculously hard. Yeah. Where are you guys? Where are you going? I think probably Texas, South. South. <gasps> come to texas oh. <laughs> i can't leave I, oh. I if i could if i could you know oh i thought you meant you sorry leave the state um i would i would i would go to alabama i'd go to texas yeah i mean it's just uh i'm i share a, i'm a little bit anxious about texas just because what Carrie is saying, I mean, there are a lot of Californians moving specifically to the Austin area. Mm -hmm. um, I'm worried about it too, because in my heart, it's like Texas is the last stand when, you know, shit goes bad and, and there's no more getting around, like being civil with each other. Like Texans have a very, um, they're, they're, it's a very uh, libertarian kind of independent, you know, you stay out of my business, I stay out of your kind of, uh, attitude. So especially like the native Texans. So, and when I first moved here, I, was, I, I realized the Republicans here are really different from the Republicans that I've known in other places. They're more like libertarian, mm -hmm. I guess. And, um, there's just this in this sense of independence too. Like Texans are really proud of being, of being Texans and, uh, of, of being self-sufficient. And, and I think, I do think a lot of that is changing. Why are you smiling? You're, um, you're reminding me of a documentary I watched years ago. So one thing I love about Texans is they often view themselves as separate from America, it, like Texas is its own. Oh, country. they do. Yeah, its own its own country. Yeah, I made the yeah. mistake of lumping that because I'm from South Carolina originally. They're not the South. There's the South and there's Texas. Texas, Texas right. And at, I'm laughing because there was a, I watched a documentary years ago. It was the BBC documentary. And it was about, there was some guy in the BBC who had defended his home with a shotgun or whatever. Um, and they were interviewing people about this and they decided to do this whole show about like gun culture and people's views on guns. And they went to Texas and they interviewed some guy in Texas. And I don't even remember exactly what I said. I just remember how he started his sentence and it was hilarious because he leans back in his chair and he goes, I think he had suspenders, although maybe I'm making that up. I want him to have suspenders. <laughs> he leans back in his chair and he goes, well, if he had been in America or Texas, like, <laughs> then he like <laughs> continued his sentence. But it was just like this, this very distinct, like, oh yeah, or Texas. I think that's true too. I, I feel like that as a Coloradan, but I feel like the way that I was raised as you know a Republican and conservative, Colorado's brand of conservative is like a Texas conservative or Republican yeah. where it's, it's different than like a Southern Republican or more religious Republicans. I think that, I mean, the conservatism that I was brought up under was very libertarian leading, you know, that whole, like, you do you, I'll do me. Let's just not mess with each other. Like not religious fundamentalists. Right. It doesn't have really anything to do with anybody else's business. Just stay out of my business. And, you know, private property is important. And I think 
that's been what's really undercutting a lot of the problems that we're seeing with all these like socialists. They, there's no um, indoctrination or education early anymore into the fundamental foundations of like freedom and what that means, individual freedom. No, in fact, in fact, the opposite, right? Um, right. And just giving up all of your sort of power so that, you know, big brother, daddy America will look after you. Yep. Mommy yeah. America. That's a, they, they, yeah. It's like a mommy. Um, I feel like the socialists are, it's especially in the socialists are like locusts. They like descend upon a state, eat everything in it, completely ruin the state and then move on to the same thing to the next state. And people think I'm really rude because I'm at this point when I meet people from other places, I'm like, you know, people are like, I'm going to move to Colorado. I'm like, don't, don't do it. And if you do come here, leave whatever policies that you're running from behind and stop ruining our stuff. They won't do it though. They're like, it's like, you're coming here for a reason. I didn't say yeah, you're escaping it, but then you're doing the and same thing. Again. It's, it, I think it's a disconnect. They don't realize that they're, Carter and I've talked about this before. When I was like super on the SGW left, I never looked at the results of things I voted for. It's like, it, they, it's, it's such a faith. Well, don't laugh at me, yeah. Carter. Why democracy <laughs> sucks, by the way. But that's a separate issue. <laughs> but yeah, but they don't. And, and so they, there's a disconnect. Like I had this conversation with this couple here in Texas who had just moved from California. And I told them, well, I used to live in California for a while. And they're like, oh, you know, and they, they said, oh, we need more California and Texas, if you know what I mean. I'm like, no, because right <laughs> before that, they had been telling me all about why they left California and how they couldn't afford it and how all this. I'm like, you there's a disconnect where it's on the one hand, they recognize that the place has become unlivable, but they don't connect it to the policies that, that, and the people that they voted for. It's very strange. And then they think, well, let's go here to this place. And they're coming to Texas for a reason. And then, they, but then they're going to change it. They right. want to change it. We need more California and Texas. No, we don't. And I'm actually happy for people to move here to Texas. And, um, but I want to screen them. <laughs> so this is funny because um we can have this conversation and laugh about it but if you change the borders to the united states you'll get called a xenophobic for saying any of those things if you do what if you change the borders from you're you're talking about colorado's borders and texas borders if we now talk oh. about the u.s borders you're a xenophobic for saying the exact same thing hey oh, we wow. have the system here i want to screen you before you come in because i don't want you to f it up that's oh. true now you're xenophobic. Yeah, I am. I'm a Colorado xenophobe. Like, although at this point it's lost, it, you know, they've even taken over my small town city council with like serious social justice progressives that want to shut down, you know, whole industries like oil and gas industry in Colorado is booming. But now we have this new governor. We have all these new city councils who are like stopping it, not realizing the reason our economy is so good is hugely dependent on the oil and gas industry. They just want to stop it because they don't like fracking. And I love fracking. I love fracking too. <laughs> I, I love cheap energy. I so am pro much. fracking. I just fact, I love. Maybe I, I shouldn't say this. Carrie, somewhere, somewhere driving distance from you, I'm invested in some fracking. Hello. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you need to come visit your investment. Yes, you should. <laughs> so I mean, it's just, it's 
awful. It's virulent. It is like a virus. It's like locusts. And they have, I mean, and I am in Boulder County, so I, I grew up next to Boulder. And um, so it's always been weird, like Austin and like progressive and left, but it used to be just the bubble of Boulder. And we all just sort of laughed that, you know, they had their own little socialist Republic there. And then there was the rest of the state. And now, I mean, they're everywhere, everywhere. That's like Austin here. So Austin, it used to be, was like a little blue center and in a red state. And what I think has happened is because Austin's growing so rapidly, it's pushing out into the rest of Texas. And so, um, and, and actually it's funny, you talked about the guy that said, you know, if this had happened in America or Texas, <laughs> yeah. well, I, well, I feel that way about Austin. I'm like, I don't live in Austin proper anymore. And so, and I'm like, I live in Texas. <laughs> like I don't live in Austin and, but Austin is seeping out into Texas. And so there's a lot of people moving like I did from Austin to a little further outside, a little further outside to some of these, um, uh, small, cute, small towns. And it's, it's just, it's changing those towns. Like in my neighborhood, I was looking at the demographics when I first moved here and I was, cause I was curious. And, uh, as far as they've like last census or whatever, it was predominantly red. And then, but it, I guarantee you, I, if they did it a census today or whatever, I want to see the number, the next numbers they do because it's changed so rapidly um, when I, when the elections were happening here, you saw Beto signs just everywhere here, mm -hmm. which was weird because if this is supposedly a red town, but it's just like all, all these houses and the, the, and there weren't any Ted Cruz signs. We talked about this before, but there were a few, there were a few just like really, you know, Apparently they're afraid to admit they're that. afraid, they are afraid. They're afraid because they don't want to be attacked. And, and that tells you right there who the violent people are. I, um, uh, the, the houses that did that did not have signs, a lot of them had American flags. And I was like, I bet those are the Republicans. Yeah, so that's like the, the <laughs> covert right. political sign where you're like, oh, don't, you know, ruin yeah. my property or yell at me or scratch at my car. But just yeah. because I disagree people with you. Are, people are, I, I don't mean to retread old ground, but maybe some people haven't heard this, but I saw someone in Austin, I used to work in Austin still, even after I moved here. And, um, I, I saw my coworker and I saw someone pull over in traffic. This woman, this white woman pulls over, gets out and there's one Ted Cruz sign, like, like the whole street, this is Congress. The whole street's covered in Beto stuff. All the shops are virtue signaling. All the cute little shops have like Beto signs in the windows. I mean, it was just, he was everywhere. What, somebody, some guerrilla artist put up a big um, portrait of Ted Cruz on a, on a big, huge piece of wood. This woman pulls over, gets in traffic, gets out and starts trying to rip it and breaks it. And my coworker is this spitfire. She's a native Texan, this little libertarian, like, Rah! and she <laughs> ran across the street, like, stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> she fought the woman. And I then later. Have just run into that person's car and driven away. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> was astounding it was like that woman is driving down a street that's covered in beto stuff there's beto stickers on every car and she sees one ted cruz sign and she can't take it she can't oh and just right? the, the nerve like what gives you the right to do that why do they feel so absolutely free to do that like how they 
how they were so awful to the people at the Trump rally in Minneapolis, the videos of, of what they were treating people like. Mm. It's just like this delusion that they think they're doing this higher good. So they trample, literally trample on other people's rights and like no respect for other humans or. I saw some of those videos. Did you see those Carter from the Trump rally? They yeah. were bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've told this story before, but like I had friends who were, were beaten up and pepper sprayed at the Milo Yiannopoulos thing a couple of years ago in Berkeley. And uh, they were, you know, just standing there in line wanting to go hear what Milo had to say. And uh, yeah, attacked, beaten, bloody. One guy had uh, like head injuries. Um, they've all moved out of California. Um, Since then, yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I would love to have a screening. I don't know, you can't have a screening process but like this, but, you know, in terms of getting, like letting people into your country or state, like give me the people who escape Cuba, like give me the people who escape actual, like who really work hard to escape actual socialism and communism. And right. those people, you know, the Cubans that escape Castro, they're not on the left. Yeah, all the, I, I don't know why, maybe my area gets a lot of them, but we have a lot of Romanians that I've met, uh, immigrants. Yep. And well, everybody where I'm from has to whisper about politics anyway, because it is so like older and you don't want to get screamed at by random people. But all the Romanians I've ever had a private conversation with, they're all very, very um, pro-liberty and they really don't like the left. So I feel like they also get it and are like, no, we left that for a reason. Like it sucks. There's yeah. nobody here understands um, scarcity and not living in plenty. I mean, we have an overabundance, I think. So the lack of gratitude for what we have and just this entitled, in fact, uh, on one of the videos I was watching of the Minneapolis people that were freaking out, they were chanting like, we're so bored. We're so bored. Really? Yes. That was one of their chants was like, you know, we're bored. bored with the USA because, you know, they have everything. Boring people are bored. That's my it's, mantra. But so, I mean, it's just like, it's amazing that they were saying that though. Yeah. That's I, so should, revealing. I might find it, show you. Cause bored, I, so we're going to, that's why them. you're doing this. You're they, bored. They are bored. It, it, like you said, they don't have any context. A lot of times the people who, um, um, I feel like just get so into this SJW ideology and they're talking about, oh, this microaggression and that and this oppression and that. I'm like, have you ever left the US and visited another country? I wonder that I, too. I don't and think I'm they like, have. I don't think you're well-traveled. No. <laughs> I mean, I am, I really admit I'm extremely privileged. I, you know, I was raised as only child by parents who had the means to travel a lot with me and take me out of the country young. And I got to go explore the world a lot. And it always, every single time it reinforced to me how blessed, lucky and privileged I am just to be American. You know, just, so it angers me that people don't feel gratitude. I, yeah. I was going to say, I think, first of all, I think that we don't, we take it 
for granted so much. And, and I don't think many of us realize how far we've already slipped. Um, and I, let me relate a story like 20 years ago, this, so dating myself, but 20 years ago, um, I had a friend who came here from Kenya and she had spent, and she was an adult and I, we, it's, I'm old enough that I was an adult 20 years ago. She was an adult, I was an adult. She came here from Kenya and she had spent, and she was older than me. She had spent, I don't know, over, over a decade, maybe, maybe almost two decades. She had spent a while wanting to get out of Kenya. Um, and come to the U.S. And she was reading uh, about the United. She, you know, I guess the internet was around, but it was long ago enough that there wasn't a lot of internet going on in Kenya. I guess so. She was mostly reading through books about the United States, and she and most of the books were kind of older books from the '40s and '50s or whatever. And she was reading about the U.S. And she had a picture of the U.S. And she read, you know, the founding documents and like she read <coughs> kind of more classical stuff right not modern stuff and so she had this idea of what the u.s would be like and she's oh you were there's private property and there's for all this freedom and it's you know rational thought and this is going to be it's going to be excellent she was so excited and she came to the u.s and she confided into me i'm supremely disappointed in the oh <laughs> um it's she not she it's not she any of the freedom me. things that it says it is and it's not that Maybe it was, but she's like, I might as well go back to Kenya. Um, oh. Like she doesn't, and you know, she's like, yeah, there's some things that are better, but it's not, it's not fundamentally a different place. It's not, it's not a fundamentally free place. Um, and, you know, we can complain about red flag laws and I do, I hate red flag laws and flag, red flag laws. And you're talking about confiscating guns and then having the trial basically. Yeah. Right? But we have sat around for decades being fine with uh, asset forfeiture. Asset forfeiture happens all the time, all across the country, and no one complains about it. Maybe John Stossel will do a special about it once in a while, and, and people will get upset for a day and forget about it. But asset forfeiture is abhorrent and unconstitutional and aggressive. It's an authoritarian tactic, but it happens all the freaking time and we don't like we're we as a society i don't know that we deserve freedom because we don't care about it anymore i and i think it goes hand in hand though with that um we're so bored and we have it so easy there isn't really a lot of struggle for anything so we do just get lazy and we don't fight back because you know it's been a full few generations of basically an easy life for literally everybody you know like even our poor people have a pretty easy life and i get in a lot of arguments when i say that people don't like that i'm like but nobody is starving in america except for like anorexics you choose to start here <laughs> even our poor people aren't starving to death unless you know you've got a kid locked in a room actually the problem is obesity in the right and that's my argument. And it doesn't fly very well with some people. I think I'm very mean for pointing that out. No, you're right, though. But I feel like even our poor people have, you know, cell phones and access to the Internet, access to food, you know, for the most part, access to clean water, unless they live in Flint, Michigan and have voted for Democrats for decades. But it, that sort of thing is like, well, I guess... 
I'll let somebody else deal with it and not fight back against these encroachments because there's good TV on tonight. Well, I think if you're going um, to have a society which is uh, where you have freedom. So freedom, economic and personal freedom, like they lead to massive increase in standard of living and wealth. I mean, that's one of the results, right? So you can sit around and play the Xbox, right? So uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to have a society like that, you have to go out of your way to be constantly reminding new generations of like why this is not the natural state of man, why this is unique and special and different and how lucky you are that that this is the particular environment you're in because you this is not normal for humans. But we've done the exact opposite. We've actually tried to not bother to tell them at all anything about what the natural state of humans are. And the natural state, we talked about this a little bit with Helen, right? The natural state is tribalism and uh, lived experience, stories and emotional arguments and killing and, and fighting among tribes. That's how humans are. That's that's humans. This whole Western civilization experiment is is different and unusual. And it's an, it's a... It's a unique period in human history. And we have to be reminded of that because otherwise what you're explaining exactly happens. We just get lazy, we get fat, soft, lazy. We don't real intellectually soft. We don't realize that this is very precarious and we stomp on people's faces because we're bored. Yeah, and we don't get mad and angry about our schools not teaching this stuff. Right. Not teaching. How do we have at least half the people in this country not understand the meaning behind the Second Amendment? Why it's important right. for? Well, I think most people don't even understand it, it, what it means. Like, like even in a specific level, like they don't. They think it means the military can have guns. Well, I mean, I, and actually, I think um, I, I was looking for this and I couldn't find it, but. Um, Oh, here it is. I think this is it. This was just another recent story I saw talking about the school systems and what they're not teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from the College Fix. uh, The headline, public university tells professors not to grade based on merit. (laughs) And go straight for the skin. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm hiring uh, that institution. Come on, grads. Come on over. This is at Idaho's uh, Boise State University is hosting an event next week entitled Inclusive Teaching Means Inclusive Grading Too. And so it's not just what what they're not teaching. There there are several problems. They're not teaching what they should be teaching. They are indoctrinating. They're teaching stuff that's crap. They're filling kids' heads with crap about oppression and which identity groups you belong to and what are your pronouns. And... (laughs) And then, uh, and then on top of that, they're, they're getting to a point where they're saying, we can't even have, there's so, there's such postmodernists. It's like, we can't even, let's not expect kids to be on time. Let's not mm-hmm. expect kids to, um, actually do the work and right. make the grade that we're giving them. Let's not hold them to any standards whatsoever, because to do so would be so oppressive to marginalized communities. It's like, they're destroying the concept of education. And so I, I, I saw, um, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I saw stats uh, a few years ago about just how far, how different the college graduates were from, take a top school, take Harvard, how different the, the graduates were. They weren't even, some of the people entering weren't even proficient in like basic grammar 
I read some college papers. I read uh, the UT paper every once in a while. I'm like, how are they, how are these college students? This isn't even high school level. Have you seen some debates? (laughs) Oh gosh, the debates are, we need to do a whole episode on debates. Yes, we do. It's all gibberish now. Have you seen this? No. They, yes. Uh, It's like slam poetry sped up to like three (laughs) acts. Yes. And, and more incoherent. Yeah. Because it has to be inclusive. Going around like, oh, I are my feelings now. And again, just to underline this, it is so racist and sexist to say that we can't hold women and people of color to the same same standards. standards. It's like you can't expect those black people to be on time, Carrie. That's the new (laughs) vote. It's so they are so racist and sexist and they don't even see it. It's 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 crazy. But um, but the thing is, the thing is, you're like. You're completely right, but the thing is that I think it's hard for people to wrap their heads around this idea that there is objective reality, that reason and logic are are, are valid epistemologically, that like people are individuals. All that is weird. Humans are like, humans have medicine men and witches and believe that rain dances will bring changes in the weather and like fight each other over stupid things. There's, there's tribes who go out on like ritual killings of people that they are to- like totally haven't wronged them. They're like, that's... <coughs> All this stuff is, this is all new. This, the, the liberal, and I, I mean liberal not in the political sense, but like in the, you know, the, the liberal education, the idea that like we use reason and logic to, to, to obtain truth and we converse with people across boundaries of race and whatever, and that's the standard, that's all totally new. That's all totally new. So it's, it's like, it's not surprising. If we don't reinforce it, we will slide back into, into medicine men. That's not like, why great on merit? Well, medicine men, like tribes don't have merit based on results. It's like, this guy's, you know, this is the son of the previous medicine man. So he's the witch doctor now. Like, that's how it works. I mean, we have, we are creating modern day medicine men. I mean, the, the, I think, um, I know we've made this comparison a lot before, but the, the, about the SJW ideology and being compared, comparing it to some type of like kind of religion and the people who are like the priests in the movement, I mean, they're like medicine men. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, we are, we have a hard out today cause we have to go have fun. <laughs> okay. There's no <laughs> about, but you guys have to go have fun. Yeah, Carrie's gonna show me around her town. I am, and then we're gonna go to another town. We're we're gonna see Texas today, not Austin. I took the day off work. It's gonna be fun. I want barbecue. Is that okay? Do you oh, totally. We're having barbecue. Wait, where are you gonna take her? Because I only know the Salt Look as really good. Is there better places? Oh, there's much better places. Where? Give us some names. Um. Well, if you go to Lockhart. Um, I would say go to Smitty's. Smitty's is like, you, you want to go, you want to go where the locals go and there's no frills. It's not like made up for tourists. There's another place there, like Black's is pretty good, but I feel like they kind of create this ambiance that's a little bit catering towards like, oh, we're bar- like for tourists. Smitty's is just a cafeteria style, but they have the, the, the pit outside. Oh my gosh, it's yummy. That's where I broke my 23 years of not eating red meat <laughs> you didn't eat red broke meat you? for 23 years i need to go there yeah i was a pescatarian for 23 years oh no red God. meat no chicken. <laughs> art says we need to go tear up some beto signs 
<laughs> yeah. I do have three big boys with me today. So, you know, yeah, you totally throw up some beta signs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like we drive around, I, I mean, and I'm, um, as people, people may not know, but they're new. I'm a, I'm a liberal and I was a lifelong Democrat until this election. And then I voted for Cruz. That was my first Republican. And um, actually somebody asked me, what did it feel like? I said, it felt like when I ate red meat the first time <laughs> at Smitty's. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, people who weren't voting for Beto, we drove around, we see Beto signs everywhere. Nobody's tearing them up. Yeah. Why would you do that? It's like, that doesn't help. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but not to the same degree. And that's, and you can tell who's afraid by who doesn't put the signs out. The Ted Cruz people don't put the signs out. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, in my, I mean, in California, my, I think my area, I won't say, I don't want to be too specific about where I am, but my like little street and area when you zoom in on the election it was the only area that had like a red it was like kind of reddish um it wasn't all blue right in my local area i didn't see one republican based sign the entire time everything was hillary 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 or bernie um because everyone knows you stick a sign like that on your front lawn your house will get robbed you'll get attacked like um and we had someone actually say this the other day businesses in in San Francisco and surrounding cities, they have to put uh, We Support Black Lives Matter signs in their window uh, just so that if there's, uh, you know, at night they don't get uh, robbed or vandalized because otherwise they will. It's, it's a- oh, your dog wants to say something. Very I'm sorry. You we're left people a- alone. Your dog wants to say We're having a dog problem. My boys just came back and... We have the to go. Are like, what's happening? Right, you guys go. I'm gonna stay because I want to chat about a couple other things. Okay. People. So. Um, yeah, and we're so happy we had Nicole today. Thank you guys for watching. Having me. Nicole, do you have any other like final comments before you go eat barbecue that we'll all be jealous of? No, I really just want to get on that barbecue. But I love your show. I really appreciate you guys having me on. That's so sweet. I wasn't expecting that. I just wanted to come meet Carrie while I'm in town to see my new baby granddaughter she's up at fort hood um so yeah that's that it was great well, i appreciate it thank you for joining thank you for your support and go enjoy some barbecue <laughs> Bye. Bye. all right i just wanted there's a couple other things i want to chat about guys uh so we can you know you if it's time to end it'll we'll end soon so uh Elva Caro says, postmodernism is a non-theistic religion. And like most religions, most adherents don't understand what they believe. Uh, I think you're correct about that. Uh, and, you know, I think I, I mentioned this, if people haven't watched the episode with um, Helen Pluckrose, I mentioned that one thing she said really, really struck me was that she just, she simply looked at the word postmodern and defined it, which makes total sense. It, it basically means we're so over mod- modernity, like, we're done with with being modern, uh, and modernity is uh, is the thing that pulled us out of warring tribes and medicine men. So it's reason, logic, scientific method, uh, individual rights, all, all that stuff is that's that's modernity. Post, so usually people tell you what they believe right away if you're listening, and I think just a lot of us aren't listening. It's it's hard to fathom that there could be a belief system that's that 
stupid. It's just stupid. It's that, it's that destructive. It's either stupid or intentionally evil, but it's hard. I mean, people can't, I can't fathom it sometimes. It's hard to think that someone actually believes that because they can't actually believe it hundred percent of the time they wouldn't be able to function, but to believe that that's, that's their, that's the philosophy that, that uh, is the foundation of their political beliefs is, is pretty scary, but it is. Um, and it's, and it's not a good religion either as an atheist. I do think there's differences between religions. So postmodernism is is a non-theistic religion, and it's not a good one. Uh, it's uh, it's one based on destruction. Uh, yeah, you know what? By the way, I think we need to do Peter uh, Bogosian next because uh, we we did we did Helen Pluckrose and we've we've interviewed James Lindsay. So I'm going to go after Peter after this. I'll I'll tag him on Twitter and see if we can get Peter on. Um, but. Usually people tell you what they believe right away if you just listen now, go read some EU policy documents. Yes, I actually have started to read a book. I don't even remember the title of it, but you, will, you EU people will like this, or especially the, the Brexiteers will like that I'm reading this. I don't, you know what? I'm so old, I don't even remember the title or the name of the author, or I would tell you one of them without looking on my Kindle, but hold on here. Uh, it's called uh, The Rotten Heart of Europe by Bernard Connolly. And uh, it's uh, about the EU. And I just, I felt like I needed some more context uh, regarding the EU and uh, be able to be able to talk about Brexit a little bit more, which I think there's actually a proposal for uh, a Brexit solution here. But my understanding is by the end of October, uh, is England, maybe someone can tell me, is the UK out? Regardless, by the end of October, I thought I thought that was the the plan. Now, although I don't I don't like uh, I don't know a lot about it. Um, the EU has openly stated that it wants to move into Central and North Africa, the Middle East, Central Asia, and all of Latin America. Yeah, the EU. So I do know this about the EU. The EU is they they're globalists and they want a uh, they want a world government uh, basically that they control. But um, yeah, uh, let's see. <sighs> Couple other things. Oh, one interesting thing. Do you guys know who Joseph Mifsud is? If you followed the Russiagate stuff, um, check out. Sorry, check out Academic Agents Channel for that answer. On says, okay, I will. Thank you. Um, the Joseph Joseph Mifsud was the kind of vector for some of this Russia information. So he's the guy who uh, theoretically was theoretically was a Russian agent, I guess, who. Uh, uh, told um, told some Trump people that he had information on Hillary. He's kind of the origin of of the the Russia collusion narrative. Um, but there's a suspicion that actually he's a Western agent. He's not Russian. That he's a Western agent, and that this whole Russian collusion story was intentionally uh, constructed by our own deep state in an attempt to, to do a soft coup against Trump. And I don't know whether that's true or not. I'm just telling you what the, the sides of this are. There's people who believe that, and there's people who uh, obviously believe that Mifsud was, was connected to the Russians and he was bringing Russian information. Well, uh, they got the guy's phones. We just found out today, uh, the Department of Justice obtained Joseph Mifsud's phones, which means um, potentially, we could find out some answers, like if he was communicating with Western governments about this. So 
it's potentially a huge deal. Um, why was the cover art filled with metal band logos? Oh, because that was uh, Epistavis, that was the, um, that cover art is the Facebook page, uh, the Facebook page of Natasha Kuznetov, who was the troll who um, the pod awful podcast was, uh, was about that I was talking about earlier. Um, and it just seemed funny. So, um, so yeah. So the uh, Joseph Masood stuff is interesting to me. Uh, what else is going on? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg is in the news because we love Zuck. Zuckerberg is in the news because he said that they are not, Facebook's new policy is they're, they're going to mostly exempt politicians from Facebook's fact checkers. Um, he said, uh, let me quote Zuck. Uh, he said that, actually, this isn't a quote, but he told reporters that Americans probably don't want a company being the arbiter of what is fact and what is a lie. That's, that is true. Um, so he's basically saying, look, uh, we're going to kind of suspend our fact checking. Now the fact checking, so Facebook fact checking, you know, people like me, I don't want Facebook fact checking anything at all. Uh, I would prefer to let people fact check on their own. If, if misinformation gets spread, so be it. Uh, misinformation gets spread. People should learn which sources are spreading mis misinformation over time and, and, uh, their reputations will be hurt. So maybe CNN's ratings will go down. But, uh, or ABC the other day with the, the, the supposed Turkey, Turkish attack on Kurds. So um, yeah, I don't want any fact checking, but Facebook fact checking, they've employed uh, Snopes, I think is one of their official fact checking partners. Um, they're clearly biased. So I'd rather just let, uh, like Art's saying here, let the free market work uh, in, in, on Facebook and stop, stop telling us what you think is true and what's not and blah, blah, blah. And certainly, um, you know, stop hiring people like Snopes to provide those answers. Um, but Facebook is doing that, but, uh, they've decided to not do it so much with political campaign and political ads. And this has upset the left because, uh, the left likes to, first of all, the left is aligned with, um, a lot, you know, a lot of the quote facts checkers are not objectives, uh, objective, they're, they're leftists. So, uh, they like to, to facts check Republicans. And of course, um, nothing that they say will be, will be fact checked. So they, they like the idea of policing it, but, uh, you know, is the SPLC art saying SPLC, all you wrote was SPLC. So I don't know the context. Are you telling me art that the SPLC is one of the facts checkers on Facebook? That would be really disturbing if true. Um, but, uh, and that's great. I didn't know Tim Poole was starting an independent fact-checking arm. Look, I mean, I, I believe in private fact-checkers. I think that's great. And, and fact-checkers can get reputations also. Snopes has a poor one, but you can get, you can get reputations for being fact-checkers and, and let private companies do that. But, uh, I think, I think Facebook should let them duke it out. But anyway, so the Democrats are mad that he's, he's not doing this. Um, but he also said something in this interview, which, you know, I've said before, and I just want to make this point to people. Sometimes people think regulations are helpful; that regulations will help. Uh, that regulations will help protect uh, protect people from big companies doing things. Um, 
And that's not true. And so what is Facebook? Let me see what Zuckerberg says here. Um, he calls, this is an article from the Daily Signal. Zuckerberg called on government regulators to craft tailored rules to help moderate political speech online. So Facebook likes this stuff. Large companies love regulations. And I just, it's, worth being, it's worth saying again, regulations are expensive to comply with. There's something called the regulatory capture. Regulations are typically written by the current big players in the market because they understand the industry the best. So government regulators rely on their advice uh, and sometimes even solicit them to write sections of regulation that they under which they will be regulated. And this does nothing but solidify the market position of large companies, which is not capitalism, that's oligarchy. So this is a way for a large company to have their position solidified. They, they get to, to build a relationship with regulators. They get to, um, they have uh, more capital to spend on lobbying and getting their regulation to um, be in their best interest. And, and, and also they, can, they have more money legally to defend, uh, to deal with the, the consequences of regulation, it's overhead. A startup doesn't have that money. A startup doesn't have the money to do that. Um, startup startup is trying to compete in the marketplace and so it's it, it locks it doesn't completely lock them out but it certainly makes it more difficult for newcomers to compete that's what regulations in industry does that's what that's what it does fundamentally and so uh this idea that if you just regulate facebook things will be better is uh naive um Elva Carroll says, you know, SPLC has a lot to do with YouTube censorship. I, I, SPLC, I did not know that the Southern Poverty Law Center was involved in YouTube censorship. He says he doesn't know about Facebook. Um, Jeremy says it does rep, uh, recommend rankings. That is, uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center is a, a basically an intellectual version of Antifa. Um, let's see what else we got here. Fracking is bad, to be honest. Go nuclear or hydro. I don't have a problem with fracking. Uh, I mean, anything can have impacts, but fracking is is generally it's nowhere near as bad as it's uh, as it's being portrayed, from my understanding. Um, you know, look, uh, go nuclear or hydro. I, I like nuclear, but it's the it's the it's the greens who uh, who don't like nuclear either. You don't see nuclear as part of Ocasio Cortez's uh, uh, Green New Deal, so. Nuclear is actually quite clean. The other thing I want to talk about, this is just a weird one. And I kind of, it's too bad Carrie and, uh, and Nicole aren't here for this, but I want, cause I would like to hear what they have to say. This is, I'm gonna show these graphs here. Hold on for a sec. This is an article from the Washington Post. The share of Americans not having sex has reached a record high. Interesting. And most of this is due to young people. Let's scroll down to this. Lack of sex is driven mainly by the young. So if you'll notice, this is from 1989 to 2018. Uh, and these different colored lines here, I don't know if you can see them very well, they're different, they're different age groups. So uh, this bottom line, 30 to 39, it's here, 40 to 49. But the big change here actually is 
in the 18 to 29 category since 2008. So the last 10 years, it's skyrocketed from, it looks like it was somewhere around maybe 7% uh, reporting no sex in the past year to 23%. That is, it's a 3x jump uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, that's amazing. I don't think it's due to chastity. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, uh, I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it. I do know that we have, we definitely have a, a problem worldwide with, uh, maintaining population. And I know a lot of people think we're overpopulated, which uh, I don't think is true, but we certainly are seeing a decline in fertility rates. Um, Japan is, has seen a phenomenon similar to what we're seeing in that graph. Uh, earlier, they've got a, a big problem with this. And the problem with not having children is, you know, this wouldn't be so much of a problem in a free market um, because your retirement would be your, your, own, your own responsibility. So uh, it wouldn't rely on younger generations to pay for you. But we are in a welfare state and one thing, especially Republicans don't like to admit about that welfare state is most of the recipients or many of the recipients are old. Uh, Social security is a form of welfare, uh, um, Medicare form of welfare. Um, and the, the government came in and they said, don't worry about saving for your retirement. We'll take your money and we'll provide you with a comfortable retirement. And the way that they do that obviously is they, they didn't actually take the money and invest it. They just took the money, spent it elsewhere and they tax um, younger generations uh, to pay for older generations. Well, if you have a large uh, population that's aging, boomers, for example, and you have fewer people uh, being born that are going to need to support those boomers, uh, those people are going to be, the tax burden is going to be increased uh, dramatically for those people. And that's something that you're seeing Japan worry about. And it's something that I think we may have to start worrying about. And it's like any, like any um, Ponzi scheme, El Vaquero here uses the, the phrase Ponzi scheme. Uh, like any Ponzi scheme, it's only continued if, there's a, if the pool of people coming in is forever increasing. So you can continue your Ponzi scheme as long as the next level down is bigger than the, 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 the level above. That's why you think of it as a pyramid scheme. Um, and what this is showing, what graphs like this are showing are, uh, you know, obviously not having sex is not the same as not having kids, but uh, we can assume that maybe that means they're not getting, um, you know, getting married and, and uh, so it, it's correlated. Um, but not having kids means that, that that next level of your Ponzi scheme is not big enough to support uh, the upper tiers and that's when things collapse. So it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty dangerous situation. Um, Bernie Madoff went to jail for a scheme not as evil as Social Security. That is true, Keith. Uh, it's not quite a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi schemes are voluntary. Another great point, Keith, I, I stand corrected. Uh, it's an involuntary Ponzi scheme. It's the mafia's Ponzi scheme is what social security is. So that's what it is. How many abortions a year in the US? I don't know, Lindsay, it's a good, good question. Um, we could look it up, we could look it up. Here, I'll look it up really quickly. How many abortions in the US? Let's see. Wikipedia. 
says 638,169 abortions in 2015. So uh, this is the number of abortions reported to the CDC. Also, what, I don't know what the fertility rate is in the US. Let's look that up. Total fertility rate, United States, let's see. In 2017, the US total fertility rate, again from Wikipedia, continued to decline, reaching its lowest level since 1978 with a total fertility rate of 1.765, uh, which is well below replacement. So um, I think replacement is 2.1, slightly over two, something like that. So yeah, this uh, the involuntary mafia Ponzi scheme is it will collapse. And it's not just, you know, it's not social security, it's also, um, it's also Medicare, right? So um, yeah, <sighs> looking at some of the politicians, I think there should have been more abortions. Ah, <laughs> uh, Keith. Yes, there should be more helicopter rides is what there should be. No, I'm not actually advocating that. I just, I like to reference helicopters. Um, so let's see, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's ominous. You have to whisper expressing your political views. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I don't have a lot else to, to chat about. Those were just a few final things I wanted to talk about while I had you here. Um, so Carrie and, Carrie and Nicole are off having barbecue. I think I'll uh, go get some breakfast. <laughs> Embrace my inner Pinochet. <laughs> you know, the thing is, Andrew, it will be taken out of context and they will think that I actually want to go around murdering people that I disagree with politically. Uh, I just think it's funny. But uh, yes, <laughs> I will try and embrace my inner Pinochet just a little bit, just for fun. We can have some helicopter rides. So thanks everyone for watching. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Um, someone suggested that we should do, I guess we talked earlier about doing uh, uh, an episode on the, the status of like high school and college debates. If there's other stuff you want us to talk about, uh, please let us know. We're always looking for ideas and uh, we're always looking for interesting guests. So if you know interesting guests or have access to interesting guests that you think uh, can contribute um, insight and knowledge to any of this stuff related uh, to what we're talking about, uh, please let us know. You can drop us a line at speak at unsafespace.com. Thanks everyone. Have a good weekend and uh, we'll see you, see you on Monday. <laughs>